if you found my, uh, I don't want to say body. So if you just like found me <laughs> on the on the issue, no, 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 no. If you just found me on the USG Isimora, and I was just lying down, and I might have been sleeping. Maybe I was taking a nap. I stomp you. I stomp you. Stomp him. Yeah, but for you, you don't need to say anything else. Immediately, I stomp I'm you. I'm just... Be, no, and it's not... Are you alive or dead? Get his credits. There are the, credits. There are credits in your body, and I want them. Stomp, how, stomp, stomp. How, how long would you wait? Would you ask a question? So you're asking, if I came across your body on the USS Ishimura, yeah. would I check? Do you think that while I'm playing Dead Space, I'm going around and checking on every everybody because there's a lot and just yeah being, and, hey, and just want to make sure look just, normal they don't look like necromorphs they just look like people that are like just lying there like you're not gonna ask hey what like you just taking a little snooze uh well no because there wasn't a moment in the game where one of the bodies sat up and was like oh shit yeah whoa, also, what the fuck happened whoa everything's totally scary here there was everybody's everybody's friend is a monster Every every text log, every person you chat with, they're like, I have a friend. And you're like, let me guess. It's a monster now? And they're like, it's a monster now. I so, mean, there's the lady in medical that is just lying there. And she's like, hey, there's some stuff in here you might need. And watch out, there's monsters. And she yeah. dies immediately thereafter. She and, dies pretty quick, yeah. And pretty much if you, if you see a human being in dead space, they're not going to be there for a very first time. Okay, so after she died, how long did it take you before you stomped her? instantly what kind of question is that she has credits in her gut there's credits there could be a there could be a stasis charge i'm just saying i think isaac might be quick to stomp is Russ, what if I'm you saying. have a stasis charge inside of you you have to tell us Legally. it's the law <laughs> it's deep down in there He's got the credits, 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 credits <laughs> down in his guts. Hey, Where? down in his guts. Hey, Where? down in his guts. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. Yeah, man, my name's Griffin McElroy. I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and this game fucking rules. My name is Ross Frushing, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a game club. It's a video game club. And by listening, you have joined our ranks. Welcome. Uh, dues are due with Sheila before the end of the month. Today, we are going to be talking about a new entry in an old series that is actually old in his soul. It's got an old soul. It's Dead Space. But what's that? Dead Space is a remake of the action horror game from 2008, which itself is inspired by basically John Carpenter's The Thing Meets Alien. You play as Isaac, walking through an abandoned mining station, looking for your lost love, and shooting off the limbs of I don't know, Lovecraftian space monsters. Uh, we're going to talk a lot more about it. There's a lot more to say, but first we're going to take a brief commercial break. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech, you know? 
the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Plan, I was really excited when I could recognize the kanji for Ishimura. Yeah. <laughs> what what does it I say? Well, I mean, literally translated, it's like rock village. <laughs> mm. I think it's more commonly, I did a little Googling, uh, uh, not content to trust my own grasp of the Japanese language. I decided to do a little Googling. It looks like it's most commonly a last name, Ishimura. It does not seem mm. to be a vocab. So do, do you feel like this gave you a unique a deeper, like game yeah, a fact perspective oh i was gonna say like a cheat like a, i think being able to read the the kanji is like a, it's like a cheat code kind of okay because you're operating with more information than you are the game genie now yeah um this game y'all this game is a really really good game huh. i think and it made me remember how much i loved and have completely forgotten the original dead space so the original Dead Space came out in 2008, right? Right. Like 15 years ago. Which Good is, Lord, I it feels, like that. I know, more recent. That's horrifying. Yeah. Um, it? But it, it's also like, I'm trying to think, has there ever been a, this feels like one of the more recent, like full remakes. Now I'm not talking about like an HD remaster, whatever it is. This what is. What are you talking about? There's tons more, of these. They, they, yeah, don't, but, they, they keep happening. Do you mean you said more recent? And in yeah, the no. Sense I, that it so was I'm talking released. about like so we've seen remakes for Final Fantasy VII. We've seen remakes for Resident Evil games, but all those are like '90s games. What about Has Demon Souls or Demon Last Souls. of Us? Are or you Last kidding? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Last of Us. Stop. Yeah, Russ, no, you're you can right. Just start okay. over if you want. Demon Souls is a good point. Never mind. You could. Um, I know about video games. And so, Last of Us, yeah, fair. This, uh, <laughs> this is a remake. It is, they have, the original, does anybody know what the original Dead Space was built in? Oh, the, the Tiger Woods engine. Yeah, the Tiger <laughs> Woods engine. I yeah. love that. Yeah, so they've rebuilt it in Frostbite to, and uh, what from what I saw in like comparison videos and stuff that, that y'all sent around, it looks like uh, the bones are all still there. They wanted to stay true to the layout and stuff, but it seems like they've made some uh, shifts in like the, the geometry of the ship to make well, the, it make a little bit more sense because the loading biggest, isn't as much of an issue. The biggest change they made was that the original game was level-based so that you would literally have load screens when you're going from level to level. Um, some of those are like hidden load screens, like you're going down an elevator and it would load the next area. And some of them are like literal load screens when you like use the tram and you go to medical or wherever, whatever area you're going to. Uh, here, the entire ship 
is basically streamed in such that you won't see any loading. And there are even areas where previously you had to take the tram and now there's just a door and you end up in that area. So it makes the whole thing feel pretty much like a Metroidvania because you can really just backtrack to wherever you'd like. And that's pretty fucking cool. This, okay, okay, okay. I, I think this is brilliant and I hope a whole bunch of modern games can learn from this. Which is old school level design is in fact very good. And the problem with stuff like Dead Space was the load screens, not that they weren't open world. And I love that this game, like, it's effectively old school level design with, you know, like, spoked wheel or the elevator effect where you're like, okay, do I want to go to level one or quite literally on an elevator, level one, two, three, four? Or do I want to go, you know, down the spoked wheel of like four different paths? And down each of those is a traditional, great, very thoughtful video game level. And that is awesome. And it made me realize how uh, how little of that I feel like I get these days because everything has really shifted to open world game design style. I also think we would be remiss if we did not mention the fact that this whole seamless, uh, you know, no loading uh, illusion is kind of in enhanced by all of the like diegetic interface displays like there is no there yeah. is no ui in the game right. there's like a it did blue... god of war before god of war yeah sure there, there's no like when you pause the game you are opening up like a holographic projection uh that appears in front of you and you like sort your inventory and stuff like that your health is displayed on a, like this weird meter on your back uh, it's, and it, that was all makes, stuff that was in the original Dead yeah, Space. Yeah, I was going to say, something that struck me, uh, it's sort of dovetailing with that point, something that struck me watching comparison videos uh, between the two is the. F- this is also a reminder of the triumph of like artistic design over mm-hmm. technical uh, power, pure power. Because if you look at the art design for the first one, it still looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah. Oh, Isaac's yeah. armor makes him look like a dork, and it still makes him look like a dork. <laughs> but like it, it, it looks like a world. Like it still is very plausible, and they made a lot of really good choices with how like the world would look. That still like holds up pretty good. I mean, yeah. Obviously, the remake is leaps and bounds, but like. Uh, it, it's working off a really, really good base. Yes, well, to the point that it feels so ahead of its time that it feels more natural, and especially watching those comparison videos, it feels more natural in 2023. It looks like a game for now, and going back and watching the old game alongside it, it looks like one of those like YouTuber demakes. Like, yeah. And I say that as like a huge compliment. It, 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 it looks like they found a way to make a 2023 game in 2008. Yeah, the bones are very, feel still very modern, which is almost why it was surprising when they announced the remake, because it's like, I don't think you need to change that much about this game to make it feel modern. And it's true. Like they didn't, you know, obviously they totally revamped the graphics. Um, and we talked about the streaming aspects, but the core gameplay is Let's, close let's to not. Talk, yeah, let's yeah. talk about Let's that. talk about the core gameplay because it is, it's, it is still my favorite like way of interacting with a survival horror game. It's, it is uh, largely predicated on you chopping off monster bits. Yeah. Uh, mm. as, as These the monsters main, have the most shootable limbs, guys. You all have most no delectable, idea. These shootable. babies are just begging for it. And and that's very fun. It's very fun to chop up a monster that is trying to destroy you. Uh, it also does the resource management stuff really well. There's some like 
rubber banding that's happening. Like I found that when I had a bunch of ammo and credits on me, like I was finding garbage. But if you really get in dire straits, usually the game will help you out with some some good drops here and there. But also uh, you get Kinesis, which lets you toss objects at, uh, at, at the Necromorphs, including their own sharpened limbs to pin them against the walls. And so all of this stuff that like, you know, I, I love Resident Evil 4. And in Resident Evil 4, especially the early game, you ha- you can't just be you know, firing off your 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 bullets nonstop or you'll run out because of the scarcity that's in the game. Um, but that's kind of formulaic, right? That just means shoot the guy once in the head to stun him and then get close, kick him and stomp him while they're down. And you do that over and over and over again and you reach the end of the game with as much resources as you, as you need. This game is much more improvisational. It's way yeah. more uh, creative with the solutions that you are able to do. Uh, I really like how... I'm not the biggest fan of like survival horror action as like as like a rule. It's not my favorite, and a lot of it's because it doesn't feel good. Like right. the, the tension comes from man, you're it, it feels bad to shoot these guns. What's interesting to me about Dead Space is you like all the guns are great. Like you, could, if you're willing to them. spend the ammo. You like no monster is a problem, right? Like even a boss, if you've saved up some some good you know, explosive weaponry is not going to be a huge deal. So it really is. It lets you like get down to that core of survival horror, which is like resource management. It's like, how much ammo are you going to waste on this thing? Because you can beat it. You actually want to spend your ammo because at the end of the day, you still have the, like the, the telekinesis, the ability to like throw objects. So like in a lot of these types of games, I end up sitting on the most enjoyable and fun weapons because it's like, well, you know, I I never know when I'm going to need that ammo. Right. We're here, a mix of like the rubber banding and the telekinesis. It's like, well, whatever. If I, if I lose that, I have like 12 other awesome. And that the base weapon is arguably the best weapon in the game. Right. For sure. And so so like there's, there's another thing though that the game does that makes all of this click into place. And that's when you lose it gives you a totally fucked up buck wild death animation every time <laughs> that makes it like, oh shit. Like I, I was trying to be a little too prudent with my ammunition there. I'll own that. I'll own that. And one of those weird little, uh, you know, spitting monsters, you know, barfed its dissolving acid into my face or whatever. I, there were <laughs> there were areas I did six or seven times because I was trying to do it in a cheap way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was just banging my head against it, like, damn it, Justin, just take out your flamethrower. You've got two full tanks of gas and fucking annihilate these dudes. <laughs> it's it's such a the way this game handles like I I guess gore, right? Like yeah. the way this game handles that it's is very so it's very drippy. It's very like cartoonish and over yes. the top in a way that like the game earns it doesn't feel like it is so uh cohesively gross from start to finish that it 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 it, the way it revels in it kind of protects it from feeling like gross or bad to play it is a celebration of dismemberment it feels like practical effects yeah it does yeah you know it's 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 wild there's a moment early on when you're running away from, it's like the first big scare in the game is you're running away from a bunch of monsters. You run into an elevator, you hit the button to shut the elevator doors, you turn around <laughs> and one of the monsters busts through the elevator doors and then they slam shut, cutting the monster in half. 
and you are just it's like someone took a bucket of water but in this case it's alien gore and just like throws all over the elevator and it's this amazingly funny like moment of relief and that just keeps playing out over and over and over again throughout this entire thing it's also it's also a uh sort of the the meta i i guess of the game or the 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 narrative uh, really gels really well with making the lead character an engineer. Yeah. It's a very pleasant, like it's very satisfying to go from like area to area, just like fixing stuff. And very, it feels like an RPG in that way. You are yeah. playing as an engineer and everything you do is very engineer, true to an engineer. When all of your weapons too. And the right. weapons are, and I like that, like whenever Isaac's talking about doing something, it's almost never. It's never like, well, I'm gonna have to shoot through a lot of fucking dudes. It's always like, man, I'm gonna have to get this. I want to go over this tank. I gotta turn this shit on. It's like he acts <laughs> like an engineer who, like, the really monsters are really a secondary consideration yeah. to the other dumb shit he's got to do. Which, um, in hindsight, tracks why he's so quick to stomp on people because sure. he's just an engineer and he's not really thinking about mm. anything else beyond the end result, right? In the parts, um, yeah. Oh, sorry, very, very quickly before we get off the weapons, can each of you share what your weapon of choice has been? I mean, it varies uh, depending on the situation, but line gun has always been my like. Yeah, line, line, line gun is favorite. my jam. Being able to, line gun is great because it's basically a huge version of the plasma cutter that you start the game with. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very strong when you use it as a weapon, but if you have like an army running at you, you can also throw down some like laser traps that you can just turn a hallway into... Of uh, a fucking like a tower slap defense chop. game, yeah, and and <laughs> not even a tower defense game that that belies some level of strategy required. You can just turn it into a, a, a blender that that the enemies walk through, and then you collect their great their great credits and and ammunition. Um, I want to mention for people that are like hesitant to play scary games. Yes, I think this is actually not a bad option because you can. Dial down the difficulty and really just play it like, you know, like you're watching Aliens, which is to say you play it like an action game yeah. and you don't have to worry about resources. You'll get a ton. You don't have to, you know, you'll get all the upgrades, everything like that. And you yes. can just enjoy the romp of it. Um, you know, you might still get jump scared here and there. Yeah, don't but, wear don't wear headphones if you're going to do that. Yeah. Well, eh, you kind of the sound design in this game is is I mean, it's great, but it will make you Um, very scared. I get that. What I wanted to mention is there is a whole content warning setting that you can turn on. There's a content warning at the top of the game that is frankly like great because the you know this game's got gore galore, but it also uh, handles you know psychosis and mental health. The idea is that this marker that has been sort of transforming people into these monsters also makes them go crazy dude and the way that it handles that is pretty blunt i would say uh but not (laughs) only does it give you this warning up front of just like hey we're gonna drop the ball here uh it also allows you to turn on this setting where uh if everybody's frosting so if you shoot an arm off frosting just gooshes out if if it's about to show a scene that has you know self-harm or some and there is a lot of those uh it it shows a little icon in the corner you can turn this on and then you can i, I think you can choose to like just skip that sequence speedrunners listen up speedrunners check it out yeah. Any uh, percent. i i i think that's pretty yeah that's great pretty rat like it's not just it's not just uh i people give shit like i mean assholes give stuff like this uh a, a hard time saying it's just like 
just these snowflakes can't handle it. But the way that they have sort of integrated it into the 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 game experience itself is uh is is really something else. I was shocked to see uh a, yeah. a game like this do that. It's a good solution for older games too because the 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 self harm stuff in this game sucks and doesn't need to be there anyway. Like it, it's not adding a lot. Um, we saw it's this with cheap, um, it's cheap and it's fucking lazy every time. Yes, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. We, we we saw it with um uh Stanley Parable last year, um which you know maybe that works. Maybe a spin, I don't know. I don't even know. If I I'd mean, say but it, it is better, a but, it is a trope of horror movies. Certainly, no, like, it, it it is. You know, but, Event Horizon. Uh, yes, but it's done much better. Like the, the, the it is completely divorced from the plot. Um, sure. Here it is. It yeah. is literally it didn't need background to be there, color. I agree. Um, and I think it's like, it's nice to have that option for something like this where it's like, you truly don't need it. So if it does make you uncomfortable, great. I mean, you should have this option, I think either way, but especially with this game, I I was very happy to see it there. I I want to mention something Griffin briefly talked about the story and this is a a Dead Space series. I mean, there's been spinoffs, but predominantly there's three games and these are three sci-fi games. And I don't think I can think of another sci-fi video game series that has a more cogent narrative than dead space it is not i mean dead space 3 gets yeah, i mean I don't it, know pretty it gets a little uh, no i realize if you don't want to necessarily care and that's fu- like for people that don't want to take the time to like worry about what's happening but i think more so than like halo mass effect like the oh, big yeah. ones I understand what is go- like what the marker is, who the Unitology Church is, why they're doing things. Like everyone has a logic behind them that isn't just like alien space magic. And yeah. I think that's great and pretty yeah. impressive and very hard to pull yeah. off, very rare. The, the, the also this game is broken up into chapters and each chapter takes place usually on a different sort of sector of the ship and each one really has its own personality and the things that you have to do on that sector are like logical in a way. So like when you're in mining, you're having to go around and disable these, uh, you know, uh, tethers that are holding up this huge chunk of planet that you've cracked up. Or if you're in hydroponics, there are all of these like mutant spore blasting humans that you have to uh, inject this enzyme into. Uh, It keeps it all from being like, kind of samey honestly like it does the thing that i think the later resident evil game specifically resident evil village did which is just like each level is like its own self-contained horror scenario yeah bioshock Um, is another example of that i think yeah i i i did not maybe it's just because like i had forgotten how much i liked this game I beat this shit over the course of like three breathless, delightful <laughs> evenings. Uh, this is this is a I have not enjoyed a game like this in a very fucking long time, and I would not be surprised if this cracks my my goatee list. Uh, well, and I, I would I also say great. I don't think this will be the you know I think this given the fact that it was critically well received and probably selling pretty well, I think one hundred percent we're going to see two and three come out in the same engine, At and they're more or two. less just going to follow the same model that Capcom did with the Resident Evil games where they built this thing to, you know, scale and, and cover the new games. And who knows, maybe that'll mean more dead space after that. But maybe. it's very encouraging. Let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll talk about uh, some other games that we'd like to see get this treatment. 
This episode of The Best Leads is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rockandmoney.com slash besties so i feel like we are in an age and we were just talking about it at the beginning of the first segment about how there are these games that like mechanically still feel great they don't feel aged but they could still use an update dead space is certainly one of the bigger ones so the question is are there games that spring to mind that were like great games still fun to play today but could certainly use like some you know refreshing or a new coat of paint or something before we name games can i kind of like maybe set a boundary for it sure which is like why why does this work because you know you know what i mean like there are a lot of games that can get remakes and it feels like cash grabs right or it feels sure. like why are we getting this and I, I'm curious for y'all why this one 
like really sings or you know demon souls on ps5 like what is it that makes one of these really work and and others not i i have a feeling about this that i don't think i realized um when i was actively playing it but definitely going back and looking to these comparisons this to me feels more like a okay so if you're if, if you're thinking about movies and someone's restoring a film then the restoration that's going to happen is going to be like removing detritus from the image that is accumulated on the celluloid and like, you know, sometimes remixing the sound effects and the music and stuff. But it's about the experience of seeing it and hearing it Mm. because that's how you interact with the movie. And as people saw it and heard it, the first day it came out in a movie theater. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, do you think that's this though? Well, so here's what I'm saying though. When you're playing it, when you're talking about restoring a video game, you can't just say, well, we'll make the graphics and the sound more that, like they need to be. It is. I think it's also like, what are some little things that we can do to make it feel more applicable? So it's like not just updating and cleaning and polishing the sound, but like how can we make this feel as seamless as it did 15 years ago in terms of like video game mechanics and design? I was looking at one of the, the things. I noticed the tanks, right? The tanks, uh, the red tanks that you shoot that explode have the same design in the original and in the remake. That's a very small thing to keep. But that to me feels like someone who is respectful of the choices that were made before, where a lot of these remakes just feel like, eh, we'll make our own textures, we'll make our own shit. It's going to look like, you know, the levels will be kind of like you remember. But this to me really does, it keeps so much of the original that it feels like a restoration from a gameplay perspective where it's like, we're not going to reinvent anything. It's just like, let us clean it up. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess it, the comparison would be like, the, and the, this is a weighted comparison, but the star Wars re-releases that came out in the nineties of the original trilogy of star Wars. Right. And obviously not all those were great. They added like bad cantina CG scenes and stuff like that, but they also added like pretty iconic, like X-wing shots and whatever. So that's the me. It doesn't feel like oh they just went in and like cleaned up the film. Like they they did significant work here, such that it's not just like an HD re-release. Yeah, but you're also not like those sounds are going to be mixed. Like okay, to use those bad things as an example, right? Changing how it looked and changing big stuff that's not a restoration. But the updating the surround so it's like Dolby compliant and is closer to what you are used to from – it's not going to feel like you watch Star Wars the first time if it sounds a lot worse than the movies that you're used to seeing in the theater now, right? So how do you make it – there are going to have to be updates in that sense. Right. Griffin, what were you going to say? Yeah. Uh, I I think to answer the original question, the game I would most like this to happen to – is Fable 1, 2, and 3. Uh, <laughs> Fa- sorry, wait. Fable, Fable 1, 2, and 3. Fable 1 and 2. Okay. <laughs> Not 3. Fable 1 and 2. I think that those games fit the bill of being fun, objectively, having a design that was maybe a little too ambitious for the like tech of the time to really fulfill, uh, and with a... Uh, uh, an experience that looks better and sounds better and feels better 
could could definitely stand the test of time. I think the only other game I'm thinking of like the Xbox 360 era for me that is like the unplumbed depths right now that that uh could could see more stuff like this. I think of that. I think of uh Burnout 3 Takedown. Oh yeah. A modern remake of of that using just the same have it feel the same, have the experience of crashing into shit and and all of the, you know, special races and stuff you could do in that game. Uh but but have it look and feel like a modern game like those those are the two that I guess three that that jump to mind. I think you know you talk about unplumbed depths. I think a lot of the Nintendo canon is like kind of ready and waiting for this. I, the only recent example that like jumps to mind is the remake of uh, Link's Awakening. Well, that's which, new Kirby. Or, like, but see, month. I don't think of those because those were right. Right, like the be- in, uh, Kirby Superstar uh, six in one that that package on the SNES, right? Classic, amazing Kirby game, maybe the best. But also, like they nailed it. If that game felt as good as it needs to f- feel, I feel like the yeah. the generation of hardware, the PlayStation three, Xbox three hundred and sixty generation of hardware, had a lot of games on it where the developers had these huge fucking ideas and thought like, well, this is as good as games hardware is going to get. So it's it's time but really uh you know pretty quickly that generation got swallowed up uh and and now i think we we could see some really really um satisfying fulfillments of those original visions on modern gaming hardware yeah my i mean my answer is metal gear solid because i think there are two things that i want or where i think a game needs this sort of thing and one is has the the basics of control or experience changed so dramatically that it's it is unenjoyable to go back and play the original and i think tank control similar with resident evil is a perfect example of that i think the other thing is and this is where dead space really clicks for me in a way that maybe last of us doesn't as much what is the main goal or you know i guess graphical power Uh, or computing power of a new generation. And right now, the two big things that you get are dramatically improved physics and dramatically improved lighting, thanks to things like ray tracing, but also just, I mean, lighting in general has just dramatically improved. And uh, a game like Metal Gear Solid would benefit from both of those things a ton. Um, And yeah, and I think Dead Space is a perfect example of, I mean, hard to think of a game that benefits more from yeah, we made the controls a little bit nicer, and wow, does this game look good when you actually throw modern lighting at it. Well, the Metal Gear Solid example is interesting because we've seen what slightly better controls in a Metal Gear Solid game looks like in Twin Snakes, and obviously they made other issues with it. But but those improved first-person aiming, etc., essentially broke Metal Gear Solid. Like it well, didn't and, and you would have to do what happened with Resident Evil and Dead Space, right? Which is... Right you have to start making more significant changes. Yeah, I think more more so with Resident Evil. Like Resident Evil 2 almost completely re-envisioned how that game played um, to make it work. And I think you would need to do something like that for Metal Gear Solid. Someone said there's only like something like 30 total guards in Metal Gear Solid. Like the guys that are walking around, there's like just a few dozen. And it, you know, the second you give anyone capable controls... It does not really scale. Um, so they would need to be a, you know, I know it's been rumored for a while, so it might happen, but they, it would need to be a pretty major overhaul. 
there's nothing new under the sun, right? A lot of these are ideas that have been like bandied about or rumored or or announced and canceled, whatever. Uh, I de- Metroid Prime is a trilogy that I would love this treatment for. Um, mm, and, yeah, uh, and there's a lot of stuff in that era where they were making concessions to uh, the the platform, right? You know, we specific choices. Uh, Silent Hill Shuttered Memories is another one that I think about uh, that, I, that you know, is a, an amazing game that has a lot of great stuff in it that I am betting would feel pretty rough uh, to go back to. Um, um, the The only other one that, like, kind of struck my, uh, that, that, that kind of struck me that is a franchise that we haven't seen in a long time, but I think would be really cool to see be revisited, and that's Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Fuck yes. Oh, right. that's a great pick. Oh, man. That would be really, those were really fun the first time you played them. And I feel like with the amount of power you had, if you didn't play these, um, they were a, a, it's a, it's an update of a very old series from Broderbund, um, 2003, I think Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time was. And it was a third person action game where the big gimmick was you had this dagger that could reverse time. And you, that was like a resource that you were marshalling. So you, if something didn't go your way, you could um, try it again, you know, spend time backwards and and try it again. It was very cool. And I bet with modern technology, that could be really uh, reinvigorated. They canceled the pre-orders for that, right? Of the remake? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think think they, I think when you see these, you will frequently see them in games that have series to them. So Dead Space- Mass Effect, Last of Us. That, those are the most common ones because the, it allows for them to scale that work to future games. So, you know, they do the Resident Evil 2 remake. They can do three. They can do four. They can do throughout. Um, and yeah. it, it just kind of uh, gives them more uh, room to play with the engine that they've built for the modern stuff. The, the website for these is still up. Um, for for Sands of Time? For Sands of Time. Yeah, Ubisoft says it's still happening, but they canceled sure. the pre-order. They also say Beyond Good and Evil 2 is still happening. So. <laughs> yeah, they say, let's, let's, uh, Ubisoft says a lot of things. I mean, they I think that that's do. probably. Uh, I want I want to call out just a few of them that jumped to my mind. Uh, I think Ocarina of Time dying for a redux. I, I mean, it's... the 3DS remake of that was perfect, though. Like, I don't, but, I don't know. But I think the core of Ocarina of Time, sorry, is still pretty, like, st- stodgy in a lot of ways like it it's tough. it is very stiff and linear and um could use an update i think mario 64 like imagine mario 64 <sighs> but with the uh mobility options that you have in like a mario odyssey and the last one I'm there may or may is- not be a, the 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 fully bootable version of mario 64 on pc that <laughs> is pretty damn close to what that. you're asking for yeah, yeah. Uh, I also want to mention uh, the Half-Life series, um, I think, yeah, would really do extremely well with these sorts of remakes. I thought uh, Black Mesa did a pretty good job of that. Yeah, that's true. For, that's for Half-Life point. 1, I, I think Half-Life 2 is a great example of a game that like, I don't think really needs to be touched from a mechanical standpoint, at least not significantly, but certainly could use a new coat of paint. And, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Half-Life 2 with the Half-Life Alex like, yeah. look. Jesus, Man, that would be, be well. I mean, or in cool VR, that would be fucked up. Um, I'm gonna give t- t- two more. Uh, uh, freelancer, really, any space shooter 
uh, that that genre has been uh, underserved, I think, uh, in in this modern era. I think it's really just you know, Star Citizen's going to be a thing people can play one day. Well, in that uh, in that X Wing game that came out. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah, that's another good example. Uh, and that was another remake, right? Yeah. Uh, no, the uh, new one was that was a new game that came out. Oh, like, it? Okay. a year or two uh, ago. And uh, the first two Deus Ex games. I think oh. if they could somehow have those running on a modern engine, That'd those be were cool. if you've only played Human Revolution and whatever the other one was, the first you've two never played Deus Ex. <laughs> uh, the first two Deus Ex games were much more system shocky, more Bioshocky, uh, and I loved those games. Yeah, those uh, games were great. The second one was was uh, maligned, but I actually thought it was quite good. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. And everything that David Cage ever made. Um, we're ready. Which, we're ready, Dave. The, we're ready, Dave. We're don't, good. Here, uh, Dave, we don't need one that. request. We're good. Hey, I'm Dave, fine. one request. Don't change a word. <laughs> That's the one thing about it. I need the original script, original voice. Oh boy. Maybe and maybe remove yourself from all projects. <laughs> yeah, so you can spend time on the other projects. <laughs> Fahrenheit, of being an asshole. Fahrenheit 2. <laughs> We're ready. We're ready. America's ready. We're ready, David. We we, we love you, David. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> we, we don't. Hey, we, we super don't. Hey. He's terrible. David, we st- hey, David, we stand. We don't. <laughs> Just to be really clear, he's terrible. We stand in an unproblematic cage. We love the man. Not a good person. <laughs> not, a good, not a good person. <laughs> Repeatedly sued. Repeatedly sued. Anyway, um, should, we, should we talk about honorable mentions? Yeah, I would love to fucking get anything else going on please, the podcast. Please. That sounds yeah. great. Great. Frustic. What are you playing? Okay, so Teardown, which is a game I've talked about quite a bit, uh, has a new free expansion that added five new missions to the game and new tools to uh, blow shit up with. Uh, Teardown, just a quick refresher, it's the voxel-based physics game where you basically have to do heists within a certain amount of time and you make these paths through buildings using construction materials to like blow holes in walls and stuff like that to make these like perfectly you know speedy paths through these environments super satisfying super fun works great on steam deck for what it's worth um and this uh, expansion is completely free for people that own it uh they also support uh steam workshop so there are a ton of awesome mods for teardown including one that i downloaded yesterday called comet where anywhere you click a comet giant comet falls from the sky and just like fucking annihilates anything that gets in its way and it probably wouldn't surprise you that the steam deck drops down to about three frames a second but it's totally worth it and amazing and super cool so highly recommend it um I, having recently finished my uh, journey through the Dragon Quest series, which was oh boy. Uh, a real delight, uh, I have picked up and am now w- enjoying much more Yakuza Like a Dragon, oh. uh, the Dragon Quest-inspired entry, the turn-based RPG entry into the Yakuza franchise. Uh, Are you playing that on Steam Deck? I am playing that on Steam Deck. It runs yeah. phenomenally. Seems uh, like a good fit for that. It is. It's a, yeah. I mean, I bounced off it the first time because I one. It's a huge game, and I forget what it was competing against in my mind. But it just, I, I wasn't willing to invest the time in it, uh, even though I really enjoyed the story. But now I'm really enjoying the story and the characters and 
the game mechanics because I've kind of reprogrammed my my brain having played all of the the Dragon Quest games and uh, such such short order. That game is oh, really right, cool. It's also turn based. Yeah, we should when we do. Um, I mean, it's not like just turn based in the game. In the game, the they discuss Dragon Quest a lot. Well, oh, and there's right. an, an entire mini game. Oh, yeah, there's funny. there's there's a whole uh, yeah uh, very very charming game. I think it's um, going to be a hit that Dragon Quest series. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> when, when the new Like a Dragon comes out, we should for the B segment, everybody should bring their own favorite yakuza. Oh boy, how do I choose? Um, <laughs> the uh, I really like yakuza. I wish I had the patience. I just I get distracted by stuff. Um, speaking of, uh, I just mainly been playing a lot of Vampire Survivors. God, that game guys, it's a it's the best. Like uh, if you ride a bike or anything, it's the best. Like game to make your brain go away for a while so your body can do other functions uh but i don't want to talk about that uh paul t goldman if you didn't finish it griffin did you finish it fuck yeah i finished it how astounding is that show it's, finish that it's really good it's only six episodes it's an incredible finale Real it's on quick, peacock I, it's on peacock so i can watch My, that and poker face i can justify a oh yeah that's and, poker, the uh, and you there's one more on there waiting for you and it's called the traitors yeah baby uh, I'm surprised. I also Grimm- hear Killing It is good. Uh, I haven't watched. I don't know that one. That's that Traders with, um, is Craig, T- Craig Robinson and uh, yeah, no, it's supposed to be very good. Traders <laughs> is a oh okay, very quick. It's a reality TV show where um, like 20 people who are a blend of reality stars and regular shows uh, are uh, basically competing for a big chunk of prize money that is added to throughout the show. Um, three of the people in their number are traitors and the people in the uh, cast are voting every night to eliminate someone they suspect of being a traitor. And also the traitors are murdering people every night and removing them from the game. Um, so it's a race against time basically for the cast to suss out who the murderous traitors are and the traitors to eliminate people who they think are a threat uh, and the whole thing is is hosted by Alan Cumming, who is coming for Jeff Probst's crown as the greatest reality show presenter like wow. ever. He is having Griffin back me up here, so it doesn't seem like hyperbole. The absolute time of his life. It one of my favorite things about this show is uh, at the beginning when when they find out who is murdered, they come down to breakfast, and whoever doesn't come down was murdered that night. And then Alan Cumming joins them. And every time he does a grand entrance down the stairwell where he barrels the camera and smiles at you as you enjoy his new outfit. And that shot's in every single episode. And it is not since Superman <laughs> winked at me as he uh, uh, flew around the planet in, in Richard Donner's original Superman film. Have I felt such a delight at being seen. He's having so much fun. And the entire thing is like, is a blast. He's also does the thing that I think it, I watch a lot of reality competition shows a lot, a lot, a lot. My favorite shit is when the host is into the game and there are so many like challenges where he like comments on or is delighted by the performance of the people on, on the show. It's a gang. It's the best reality show I have seen since The Circle first aired. It is fucking essential. It is so good. I would recommend it to literally anyone. We just finished it last night, and it is uh, just start to finish. It doesn't sound like there would be too much strategy that could go into it because 
you know, it's not like the mole where they're trying to throw missions. And so people have like a ton of information to go off of uh, just based on performance. It is entirely based on trying to figure out one who is who just is lying to you. And two, like why the traders are making the decisions that they make to vote off the people that they they vote off. Uh, but there's so much that goes into they it. They also really smartly the the people who've been on reality TV before are you know there's part of the like oh I know them like recognition factor, but they've also got people who are really good at this, and it's really interesting to see people like this like subcategory of like no they're just like really smart at how games work like they're mm. very smart mm. at like understanding the meta of this as it's developing and like i would say contributing to the meta of this game like yeah. it, it really legitimizes it to have a lot of really smart game players who can like intuit how how the the game is working and the internal logic of it it's really really great uh i just very quick i got a few podcasts for people the Kansas city chiefs are going to the super bowl again it's fantastic mm-hmm. you care at all about football Times Hours, the Chiefs podcast from The Athletic, is hosted by just some of the nicest people uh, covering sports. You pod to win the game, uh, that's Yahoo's football podcast, is also just great journalism. Like, it's, it's just really good sports journalism mixed with commentary. I love them both. Um, but I know not everybody wants sports, so I have another video game podcast that is brand new that I think you all will like. Uh, it is called My Perfect Console. And it is by uh, Simon Parkin, who is an author and a critic. Uh, His work has appeared in like the New Yorker and New York Times, along with Eurogamer. Um, Just a really nice dude. And it is uh, him talking with guests like the, the creator of Wordle about the type of games or the specific games that they would put on their dream console. Um, and really, it's just an excuse to talk with people about their lives and what they like and what interests them and what means something to them. Um, and it's it's a really good listen. Cool. We did it. I want we to did, it. Fo- did uh, it. Yay. Thank I people. Want th- I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. Help me, please, please. That is a person's name, not me. Uh, Twink of Gremlins. <laughs> And Mr. Mercer, thank you so much to everyone who wrote reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. Were those three different people, or should that be read as, help me, please, please, drink of Gremlins, Mr. Mercer? (laughs) It's a haiku. (laughs) Uh, Thank you to everyone else who wrote reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. What did we talk about this week, Plant? Ooh, this week, this week we talked about a whole slew of stuff. We talked about Dead Space Remake, and then we talked about a bunch of games that we think deserve, you know, a little extra love, including Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Super Mario 64, Half-Life 1 and 2, Fable 1, 2, and 3, Burnout Takedown, Metal Gear Solid, Metroid Prime, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, and Freelancer. Not 3, sorry. Not Fable three. 1 and 2, and not 3. <laughs> Let me be clear, Fable 1 and 2, but not, not 3. three. Next week, we're talking about Hi-Fi Rush, baby. Surprise release. Action platformer thing from the people who made uh, Evil Within. But now it's like cartoony rhythm game. It's cool as hell. Maybe the best cell shading I've ever seen in a video game. It's good. Um, That is going to do it for us this week on The Besties. Make sure to join us again next week for The Besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games?
Tasty! <laughs>